Hello and welcome back to Littlest Petcast. I am your host, James, and today we are ending off season three with It's the Pet Fest. I I can't help but do it every time. So we begin. Blythe is on the phone talking to young me about ideas for Pet Fest. They agree that they need food, music, activities, and stuff for Blythe to sell from her clothing line, but Blythe says that it's missing a B-I, a big idea. And then someone walks in and Blythe has to hang up because she has to take care of a customer. Blythe compliments their customer's little beagle, and the man, a black man with a thick chocolatey voice surprisingly provided by a white guy. (laughs) Like, really? Like, I was confused. (laughs) This man is named Bernard Solid, which, (laughs) yes, is an odd name, but he is the manager for the Soul Patches. Now, Blythe gets enamored quickly, and Bernard continues by introducing who he wants to stay here. Lady Yodely of the High D, and Blythe recognizes her as Jason Number One's pet. Jason Number One of the Soul Patches, that is, because there are two Jasons. Remember that. And she faints. Bernard asks if she's alright, and Blythe gets up and screams to the point where his sunglasses crack. Blythe apologizes, but Bernard says to chillax and puts on another pair. Bernard says that Jason 1 is in town working with the Endangered Animals Fund and can't give his dog the attention that she deserves. Blythe asks, so you want her to stay with us? And then screams, that's so cool, breaking Bernard's sunglasses again. And again, Blythe apologizes. Bernard says that girly shrieks are an occupational hazard when you're the manager for... Well, you know. Anyway, take care. (laughs) So, Blythe welcomes Lady Yodely of the High D, and Lady Yodely of the High D takes out her earplugs and asks her to just call her Heidi, and no joke, she is played by Heidi Klum. For real. So, Blythe is excited and claps while jumping. I'm assuming that uh, between the time the intro airs and this next scene, or maybe even this scene, there's something. I don't know. There, Blythe explains to Heidi that, yeah, I can talk to animals. Because we don't know what animals know that this one particular girl can talk to animals. And frankly, it would be weird to assume that everyone could. I mean, I guess that's a thing the show does. But... Eh, I just felt like saying it. So Blythe talks to Heidi about what it's like being Jason's pet. And Heidi is like, yeah, no, it's great. It's fun and stuff. And they both agree that it's wonderful that he also helps the Endangered Animals Fund. 
And this gives Blythe a big idea. So, in the pet shop, Minka is standing on a stool changing positions while everyone else is painting her. Sunil notes that this is a switch, and Vinny says that us painting Minka is the opposite of what usually occurs. Uh, every, every time. It's just, it's just there. It's just one of those jokes that is less funny if you explain it. Or just have to explain it constantly. Like I'm doing for the podcast, but whatever. We're, we're just one season away from this all, you know, being over after I finish this episode, of course. But we'll get there when we get there. And that might take a while, because honestly, I've been taking a while with this season, but neither here nor there. So, a nice detail in this scene is that Sunil is very bad at this, which is some continuity from Two Pets for Two Pests. From what we've seen of everyone else, they are fine. And then Blythe and Heidi walks in, and Heidi thinks that it's a good idea. Okay, I should also mention that Heidi extends her words when she speaks. So, it's hard to describe. She just adds bits to her speech in order to make it more fluffy sometimes. It's really hard to, like... So that's that's basically all you need to know. And that and some people are confused by it. Okay, as I was saying, Blythe and Heidi walk in and Heidi says that she thinks it's a good idea. The pets wonder what's going on and Blythe explains that this is Heidi and they were talking about Pet Fest. And Zoe wonders if that'll actually happen and Blythe says that it's going to happen because she has her big idea. Blythe explains that Jason One is in town talking to the Endangered Animals Fund. Penny brings up the fact that she likes the EAF and Blythe continues by explaining that she thinks that they can turn PetFest into a charity event for the EAF and have the soul patches as headliners. Heidi thinks that Jason will love the idea. Heidi tells Blythe to tell Jason himself and Blythe is like how would I do that and then Heidi informs Blythe of Jason's uh, hangout or relaxation spot or something before he does interviews in town which is a place called Cafe Cafe (laughs) I mean if you're already living in downtown city (laughs) being redundant like that might be a good uh, you know, selling point. <laughs> I don't even know what that, this, or maybe, no, maybe I got a better idea. Maybe it's in the redundant district or borough. You know how, like, Littlest is in the Littlest borough? <laughs> uh, it's, it's something like that. The redundant borough. I love it. I love this idea. And, Blythe says that she'll become a nervous wreck if she tries talking to him, but Heidi says that Jason is laid back and Russell tentatively agrees. 
Blythe agrees and then gets excited and screams again, reverberating over town and breaking Bernard's glasses for a third time. <laughs> Later, Blythe and Young Me are walking and Blythe thanks Young Me for accompanying her. Young Me says that this is a great idea and Blythe and Young Me hide behind a mailbox and spot Jason One at Cafe Cafe. They see a blinding light and hear an angelic choir and find him dreamy. Jason One asks them to stop. A choir director apologizes and uh, halts his choir, and the same happens for two people moving a window. <laughs> Which, all right, I'm I like these jokes. So uh, Blythe preps herself and is set to go. Young Me meows and hides again. <laughs> Blythe then tells her that she just said, I love you, Jason, in cat. And Young Me says, really? And Blythe says, psych. And then asks uh, to go. Young Me volunteers to stay behind because she knows only animal noises will come out when she goes up to him. And Blythe prepares to go by herself. Well, Young Me bugs. <laughs> like, this is, this is a weird scene. So, at Little's Pet Shop, the pets hope that this plan will work, and Heidi is confident in it, and they wonder what they could do for the pet fest. Heidi has an idea. Her and the other Soul Patches pets play instruments and sing. Zoe perks up because she also sings, and Heidi suggests the idea of a pet fest band, and everyone likes the idea. Russell has the idea set up the stage with lasers, smoke machines, and confetti cannons. Sunil and Vinny volunteer to work the control booth because it has switched over to a fantasy. So they have all this now. And then they start messing around with the control booth and Russell asks them to stop, but it all explodes on them. And then in reality, Heidi says that they should probably do something else. So Blythe goes... And then a dog chasing a cat, pulling a guy on roller skates, knocks Blythe around. She does like a Rube Goldberg stunt at Cafe Cafe that ends with her sitting next to Jason 1. An order of coffee and cake appears in front of her. And then the cherry lands on Blythe's head. Which is impressive. Uh, Blythe tries to play it off as cool. And Jason asks if she's okay. But, and then she's... She plays it off as cool by saying, this kind of stuff happens to me all the time. But she's not entirely wrong. So Blythe eats the cherry and asks Jason if she can talk to him about the EAF. Jason says, sure, anyone who can pull off a tumbling stunt like that deserves my undivided attention. So, at the pet shop, Pepper thinks that she can open for Zoe and Heidi's band with their jokes. So she imagined what that's like, and before she can begin telling a joke, Penny and Minka interrupt her. As the joke keeps getting interrupted, uh, Pepper has lost her train of thought and can't remember where she was going with this joke. Heidi says that if she can keep her cool head, she'll be golden, but Pepper doesn't quite understand her due to the aforementioned word fluff. So, the biscuits are caught in traffic, and they say that downtown city would be better without cars, 
and traffic and people, which again kind of continues from Winter Wonder Wah when like they have their own mountain that no one is allowed to use. And I just remembered the South Park episode that is just like that. <laughs> Except they aren't punished in the end. Well, I mean they are, but they're not punished in the same way in the end. I guess that's all you need to know. So, there we go. So they see Jason 1, and they complain that he's talking to a girl that isn't us, and how that's unfortunate. <laughs> oh, oh, these are... <laughs> and then they double up on that when they realize that that person is Blythe. So they ask Francois to pull over because it's an emergency. <laughs> Like, set aside the fact that Jason 1 talking to Blythe is an emergency. This is hilarious because they're already stopped. Francois doesn't need to pull over because by all accounts he is. So then back at the pet shop, Zoe tells Heidi that she's the biggest headliner in the pet world, although Heidi doesn't quite believe her. Zoe thinks that this means that she should be the lead singer of the group. Zoe then fantasizes about posing in many different outfits for the event, but Heidi brings her down because she's not that big a fan of it. So back at Cafe Cafe, Blythe finishes telling Jason One her idea, and he says he likes it. Blythe says that Heidi said you would, and Jason gets confused and asks about his dog. Blythe defects and says, Hydrangea, someone who you've never met, which by all accounts might be Blythe? Like, I don't know. It's like Blythe has seen Jason 1 in concert, but I don't think they've met. So that's weird. <laughs> but then she clarifies and is a human and not a pet, which you can understand. <laughs> Maybe Jason picked up on the fact that she might be able to understand pets, but is cool with it. And it's like, yeah, no, that's fine. <laughs> Which honestly should be a more typical approach in this universe. Or maybe it is, and I'm just an outsider looking in. <laughs> like, like everything that is weird is not necessarily that weird in this universe. It's, it's so dumb. It's so dumb, but I love it. So then the biscuits leap to aid Jason One as they see that he's talking to Blythe. He thinks that he knows them somehow, and the biscuits remind him that they played for their birthday. And Jason One surmises that the two are friends, or the three are friends, rather, and appreciates all the help. Blythe is a little, uh, at first, but she then tells Jason One that their family has a lot of influence in the city, and they could probably get the park for the event. Jason says that's great and gives the twins a hug, and then Blythe. Jason leaves, and the three scream in unison at the prospect of getting a hug from Jason One that it shatters Bernard's glasses once more. <laughs> Blythe thanks the biscuits for a ride and tells them that they don't need to worry about 
anything, anything else, just get the park permit. The biscuits drive off and then complain about how boring that ride was and how the car smells like ordinary people. Uh, so they spray perfume and complain some more about how Blythe expects them to do all of this work and that they've never asked permission before. Why should they start now? Uh, it's like you have one job and it's fairly easy and you still don't want to do it because Blythe asked you and it's too much work. Oh, jeez Louise. So, in the pet shop, Blythe is telling the pets about her ideas and asks what they think. Vinny says that he usually doesn't think, but he thinks that this is awesome. The pets explain that they have an idea as well, and they explain the band idea to Blythe. Blythe doesn't think that's a good idea. She thinks it's a great idea. Sunil is charmed by Blythe's prank, but Vinny is a bit confused. Bernard comes in and thanks Blythe for taking care of Heidi. Blythe says it's what they do and asks if Bernard had a chance to talk to Jason 1. Bernard says that he has and admires Blythe for helping out. And he tells of other bands who have agreed to join. The Doll Shiners, I might be getting that name wrong. Adam and the Spider Monkeys, which is a reference to My Gym Partner's a Monkey. And Polar Vortex. <laughs> Blythe is about to squeal, but Bernard asks her not to because he's running low on sunglasses, which Blythe agrees to do. So Bernard explains that the pet fest will mark the beginning of the Soul Patches' endangered animals tour, and that after the pet fest, they'll be on the road for a year. Blythe says that this will be a major undertaking, and Bernard returns those words because the date is now set for two weeks from now. So Pet Fest is two weeks from this conversation. And Blaith freaks out while Bernard pieces out. And Blaith goes to talk about the pets and is like, oh, I can't do this. But Russell rallies her and says that she's pulled off impossible feats before. Blythe agrees and says that with help from young me, Jasper, Sue, Cora, Mrs. Trombley, and her dad, they can do this. The pets want to help, and Blythe says of course she wants their help. She calls them all, and they are ready to help all the human people that she named. And you know who else would help? Emma. I am still mad that she's just gone from the show. She was a fun character. I'm not saying none of these characters are fun, but like a wide tapestry. I'm I'm a character file. Alright? Give me a show with a hundred characters that you go in deep enough and I will love that. <laughs> I I love characters. I love characters. <laughs> Okay, it's just, mm, it, uh, I just missed Emma, I guess. It's, it's weird. So Blythe says that their first order of business is getting sponsored. And then a song happens during 
all of this. And it is a Soul Patches song called Breathless. They're singing it in anticipation for Pet Fest while everyone is getting ready for Pet Fest. So, this is my favorite song in the entirety of the series. It's very good. Very good. So the singing voice is normally a producer or other production related stuff but he sings really well and the lyrics and composition are great it's light pop punky fun excellent it's just all around like like a good song and like a song that feels real like the like all the chorus songs from like earlier seasons uh won't be long and uh just unplug but i mean they have a band now there's an identity behind the song instead of just a random voice and i don't know it's in a genre i'm more accustomed to and i just like the lyrics a lot and like the whole composition it's like really, really great. Ah, I just, I just like it a lot. It's, it's just so, so fun. Like, I mean, the the show has a lot of good songs, but this feels like, like an actual song. You know, it's weird. So the visuals accompanying this song starts by getting sponsors which includes a scene where they ask Mona but she initially refuses but then Cairo brings them a check uh and then Blythe goes to hug Mona when Mona was only expecting a handshake so then uh after they get the sponsors uh the pets are asked to make shirts and buttons and posters and stuff which they do through like some of Minka's paint antics and a scene where uh, Russell and Penny are making buttons and stuff. And then Blythe runs the equipment for the event. And then like the humans are going up all around town, putting posters up and uh, Blythe getting really aggressive with it. And then the song ends with Roger flying the pet jet with Blythe in the cockpit carrying a pet fest banner and that is great it's just so fun and vivid and lively so now it is the day of the pet fest and they are ready to set up however a park manager says that they need a permit Blythe asks the biscuits for a permit but they realize that they didn't get one they ask the manager for one but he says that permits need to be applied for a week in advance. The twin says that this needs to happen without a permit, but he says no. At least they aren't bribing him. Blythe asks, what is wrong with you two? I give you one job and you don't do it. Whitney says that they might have messed up and Brittany agrees a bit. And Blythe then begins to panic. And that is the end of part one. So part two begins with Blythe panicking and young me asking her not to panic. Blythe says she isn't panicking 
in various ways, and Russell says that she sang the right words, but she sang them in the wrong way. Blythe snaps at them and then apologizes. Young Me says that the biscuits are sorry, and they're like, we are, and then Young Me growls at them, and they're like, we mean we are. So Blythe asks them to call their dad and asks them to get a new place to hold Pet Fest. So Kashmir, which I have since learned is spelled differently to the geographic region, gives Whitney her phone and she calls Fisher. Whitney reports that he could, but he won't because he wants the twins to accept responsibility. And Blythe is like, now's the time Fisher decides to be a good parent. But Young Me says that uh, we can find a place to hold Pet Fest. Blythe says that she'll eat her shoe if they can find a place to do this. Mrs. Tromley suggests the pasta, and Blythe asks for a shoe recipe. So this is why uh, a night at the pasta, like, has to exist. I've, I've been, like, I, I asked, like, why can that be the you know, all a dream episode because of all the stuff that didn't make sense in that episode, but, like, I get, like, this is why it has to exist. So Blythe talks with Sophie on the phone and thanks for letting her hold the pet fest there. Blythe tells everyone there and they celebrate and get into the shuttle and Blythe tells the twins to stay here to tell people that the pet fest has moved. The twins ask why, and Blythe tells them it's your fault, it's not happening here. So the twins call Fisher again and tell him that they have jobs now. Whitney tells Brittany that uh, Fisher has said that they clearly haven't learned anything and that he's ordered the limo home without them. Brittany says they should leave, and Whitney asks how there's no limo. Like... I mean, maybe they use their powers already, but I like to believe that they don't, that, like, they don't want to travel too far without a limo. <laughs> like, that's just how they travel when you're rich, you know? So then we cut to a promo video that was recorded by Jasper and Blythe, which is just an adorable little scene of, like, you know, stuff going on. So where, like, Blythe has some cards, but one of them is upside down. And then when Blythe introduces the soul patches, she goes like, yeah, in the background to uh, imitate, like, a large crowd, but at a distance. <laughs> so Jasper then tells everyone that the proceeds go to the Endangered Animal Fund and says that you can take a picture with EAF's Poster pets, which are a polar bear, an arctic leopard, and a snowy owl, I think. I might be getting those species wrong. So, it turns out Vinny and Sunil are watching this and wondering why those animals are, wait for it, in danger. They both suggest clumsiness, and Minnie says that not everyone has his coordination before leaning against the monitor and having it flip to the point where he falls. Sunil says that if they are in danger, someone has to protect them. Minnie says that they should do it. 
They're the perfect team to make sure no one gets hurt. And when Vinny jumps up and raises his hands, he accidentally punches Sunil and says, Sorry. So, Russell is going over the pet-centric area of the pet fest. He checks off a play area, toys, and a zippy-zippy line, as uh, demonstrated by Minka. Zoe asks about the stage, and Russell leads her to a place he thinks will work. Zoe says that Heidi is used to professional stuff like lasers, smoke sheens, and... Hydraulics for the entrance, so no confetti cannon. But I guess two out of three ain't bad. It's odd. Uh, she says, no pressure is just super important to me. So Blythe walks in and uh, she and Russell both say, okay, everyone, we got a lot to do and not much time. Let's go. Which, are they falling back onto this? I shouldn't think so. But this scene, whole scene, just feels like maybe it is, or maybe it's just they're close and just happen to be of the opposite gender. Because that's, that's also plausible. It's, I don't know. Like, like, why why can't there just be, like, close friends of the opposite gender without people thinking, oh, they're maybe dating or, oh, have a romantic chemistry? It's just, that's just kind of dumb. Hold on, did I break Jean's curse over me? Hmm, well, it's, it's something. Just something to think about. So Blythe compliments Russell's clipboard. And he says that it's a Clipinator 3000. Triple holding power. He asks about Blythe's uh, clipboard. And Blythe says that it's a Power Clip X7. It has an extendo feature for crazy long lists. As they clink their clipboards like they're champagne. Like there's an actual clink and everything. They then leave. So Blythe goes to the elevator and gets spooked by Madison. And Madison asks how things are going. Blythe says that changing everything from an outdoor festival to an indoor festival is exciting and terrifying. So Blythe runs and checks on the floors. She goes by fashion and cores on the floor. She goes by music and sees the Dull Shiners, Adam and the Spider Monkeys, Polar Vortex, and Josh, who she goes gaga for. So why isn't Josh's entire band here? Like, Josh plays music, yes, but he plays with a band. Did they break up? I don't want them to break up. That would be sad. Like, especially in a venue that has the Doll Shiners, Adam and the Spider Monkeys, Polar Vortex, and the Soul Patches. That would just kind of mean... Uh, so they go up and find the food floor to be a yummy check, and yummy is there selling her pet treats. Blythe has all her checks, and just in time for the special guests to arrive. And you know what would be useful? A guide to the world's many different endangered animals by analyzing the different countries they live in and how they can help. You know? 
like a like a tour guide of all of the world's endangered animals <laughs> like like Emma and you know who she could be helped by just a professional zoologist but who knows a professional zoologist oh wait mrs twombly knows a professional zoologist it's just uh this is this is just me being salty at this point. So the pets of the soul patches arrive, and they are a bear, a cat, a turtle, an octopus, and Heidi. So uh, Zoe talks and walks with her on the red carpet, and Russell joins in. So they stop by the poster animals, but Sunil and Vinny appear looking like the men in black, saying, Nothing to see here, keep it moving. And everyone else is annoyed, but Vinny and Sunil radio each other, even though they're like a few feet away. Radioing each other? From a few feet away? For shay. <laughs> uh, about the job they have done. So, Blythe then officially introduces Petfest, and the doors open to the public. We see a montage of the other bands playing. Uh, people buying treats, people playing with their animals, and Josh buying a hat from Blythe. Blythe is excited, and it seems like nothing can go wrong. And then Madison appears with Bernard, saying that something is wrong. Bernard says that the soul patches can't play. When asked why, Bernard says, It's not like the pause, it's not like the pause is bad, but there's no more room for them. So Blythe checks her lists and can't believe she forgot a place for the soul patches. Madison says that she found a place that has a stage and Madison brings Blythe to this pet stage and Blythe asks don't you think it would be too small for them? Madison says I don't know how tall they are. I don't have their measurements. Blythe points out that it's too small for her but Madison does not seem to be faced by this. So she then asks if there's any place that they can use and Madison says that the only free place is on the roof and Blythe thinks that it's a great idea and says, Madison, I don't know why people say you don't have good ideas. So Russell, Zoe, and Heidi walk by the stage and Zoe is upset because she wanted it to be more professional. Russell says, what'd you expect? It was made by pets using squeaky toys. So then Pepper comes out and does a joke no one laughs at and then is asked to close out and introduce the band. And Pepper introduces the band but doesn't know their name. She asks Zoe and Heidi and uh, they want their own names to be in it without the other name being in it. So Pepper just calls them the Undecideds and Zoe and Heidi are being lifted up but Penny and Minka couldn't handle it. Zoe complains some more and asks about, like, the other stuff. So, Penny has a flashlight, which is the laser light show, and Minka has flower, which is the smoke machine. Zoe kicks the stage and it crumbles. Vinny and Sunil decide to protect the endangered animals, which they do, but the animals are annoyed at this. So Blythe asks how it looks, and Bernard is impressed with what Blythe did with the roof. Blythe wonders when the soul patches will get here, and then Madison shrieks, 
to the point where Bernard's glasses break and Blythe says, never mind. So Jason one tells Blythe that this looks great, but they can't perform. Blythe asks why, and Jason explains that Ted has a fear of heights. He can't play if he's shaking like a leaf, and we can't play without him. Blythe is worried. Madison asks if she can help, and Blythe asks if she can play bass. Madison says, actually, no. So, uh, so then Young Me is up there now and reiterates the situation. Blythe is despairing because the pet fest is going to be a failure. Young Me stops her and reminds her that everyone has helped her thus far. Everyone who's here anyway. More people. Come on. So Blythe takes that to mean that uh, she can't do anything on her own and she's worthless. But Young Me says that none of this would be happening without you. Blythe says that she's run out of people. She hasn't. But then she remembers the biscuits. So she gives them a call and they accept because the soul patches need their help. They ask how to get there and Blythe tells them to walk, which according to them will take forever. So the pet band tries once again and this time they have a name that includes both Zoe and Heidi's name, but I kind of forgot it. And they tried the lift again, but with like, like a car jack kind of thing, but it doesn't work again. And Zoe gets mad at Russell for not getting a grand entrance uh, fitting for a seasoned professional like Heidi, correct. Heidi says that she's not the professional. That's the soul patches. She just likes to jam, and they can do that without spectacle. Zoe realizes that she's right, but just then the octopus zip lines onto her. Heidi apologizes for Ocho, saying that he's all tentacles sometimes. Context... Context is key there. Heidi asks if Zoe is okay, and Zoe says that she's better than okay because inspiration has struck her. Literally. So, Blythe is running around and then sees a fort that Vinny and Sunil have made around the poster animals, and she checks it out and asks what's going on. Sunil and Vinny iterate that they are protecting the in-danger animals with this fortress. Blythe tells them that they're safe and they aren't in danger, they're endangered, meaning that there aren't a lot of their kind on Earth. She asks Vinny and Sunil to let them enjoy Petfest like everyone else, and the animals' faces light up. Blythe gets a call saying that the twins are here, and she leaves and then pulls a piece of tape off the fort, which makes it crumble. Vinny says that their work here is done, and Sunil agrees. So, Blythe explains her plan to the Soul Patches. They built a higher structure that the Biscuits are standing on so that Ted can be assured that he's not the highest person in here. Again, context. So, Jason likes it and Ted is okay with it as well. I was going to say that that's not exactly how Fear of Heights works, but I actually have a fear of falling, rather. So maybe, I don't know. I thought, like, a Fear of Heights and a Fear of Falling was, like, a Pwazovichy distinction, but there's an actual real distinction. Like, like I thought, of course, a Fear of Heights is a Fear of Falling. Like, what what kind of Fear of Heights is not a Fear of Falling? But... While they are closely related, 
they aren't the same. And I get annoyed <laughs> when people ask if me and my brother are twins. Well, I don't get annoyed at that. I get more annoyed when he says yes, which we aren't. <laughs> so, like, for, like, to iterate the difference a little more, I would be fine on that roof so long as I wasn't looking down. And based on the stage setup, it seems really hard to look down. So, Blythe says that uh, she made something for the band, and Young Me brings out a bag and clucks at them. So, they are hats made for the band based on their pets, which they love. And the band gets ready. Meanwhile, on the pet side, Pepper introduces the awesome possum band. And Zoe and Heidi zip line down for a grand entrance, which they agree is amazing. And then uh, the flower is also used for a good effect because a song starts. It's a pretty good song about humans and pets. And the cool thing about it is that both bands are doing it. Uh, they... they the songs are slightly different, but they're in unison really well. And it's just really technically amazing. So during the song, we get glimpses into the lives of the people and pets singing and what like they mean to each other. And also the flashlights are turning out well as the lasers. And like the soul patches parts have this hey 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 moment which is synced really well. And then uh, at some point Roger comes in and starts doing a Gangnam style which is great and only gets funnier over time. So because like the joke is that Roger's a little behind and the the further out it gets the more behind he gets. That, that's just why it's so, eventually, the pets leave their stage and join the rooftop party. And Bernard, who is playing the keyboards there, so he's not just a manager, he plays keyboards sometimes. Uh, he has a pet that shows up, which is a white squirrel with the same tooth gap he has. Overall, it's great. I still kind of prefer Breathless to this. Because, like, it's not like this isn't great at all. It is. It is. I think it's just too direct, where, like, Breathless kind of feels... You know, it feels like it could be an actual song. This felt like it was written for the purpose of this. And I guess it was in-universe, so... Eh. Whatever. It's, it, it's a great song, don't get me wrong. So after the song happens, everyone is outside the plaza and Jason one says that they have raised a record amount of money for the EAF and he says that it's a great way to kick off a world tour. They thank Blythe for coming up with Petfest and then name her as a special ambassador to the Endangered Animals Fund. Blythe makes a speech thanking them for it. She says that she couldn't have done it without young me who helped give her the idea for Petfest. And, uh, 
also helped her from going cray when stuff went wrong. Uh, she also thanks the pets who inspire her every day. And Jason one says that you couldn't ask for a better ending than this. And Josh is waving at her. And Blythe says you couldn't. However, she says she feels like she's forgetting something. And that thing is the biscuits who are still on that very high platform. Brittany says that they should leave, but Whitney says there's no limo. <laughs> so they don't have a problem with jumping down from that because I believe that they don't take damage from falling because they're powerful and they have like powers and stuff. They just don't want to use them unless something properly motivates them. And they would just rather take a limo everywhere. And that ends the episode. And I like this episode a lot. Like, it's a fun episode. It It's very fun. It pulls a lot of things together. But I don't feel like this is a finale exactly. Like, it is the end of the season. And they have things that come together throughout the season for this to work. But I don't think this has a strong finale feeling. It just feels like another episode. It just, like, all the stuff it pulls in, like, like it does that well, it, but it just feels like it's just regular continuity and not, like, like, something big is happening. Like, something big is happening, like, the... Pet Fest is, like, great. Like, it's big, it's grand. And they're doing something big with it, but Blythe doesn't seem to run into problems other than running a festival is hard. And that's just normal. I guess if you're a kid, you don't know how hard it is to run an event like this. But I don't think it'll be all too surprising or, like, big. Like, uh, the Expo Factor was big because, like, the Biscuits were active antagonists. And then, like, Summertime Blues felt big because moving was the active antagonist. There doesn't seem to be an active antagonist, just... A bunch of little stuff. But. This whole thing is a double edged sword. So it feeling like a regular episode. But it being a two parter. Is the perfect case study. For. Uh, one of my theories for this show. That it might be better. If it had longer episodes. And as it stands. I think this episode is. Great as it is. With like having two parts to it, it being longer. It does a lot of things right. It's fun. It's interesting. And it's enjoyable. The gags aren't distracting. And, uh, like, the story flows at a good pace. Everything comes together naturally. And the use of songs is top-notch. And the only thing I think that uh, is a bit down is that it feels a bit disjointed from like the two parts itself 
but it's nothing too bad. The other two-parters kind of have this problem as well. That's also because, like, each part of the two-parter is written by a different writing team. And I feel like if you got one writing team for, like, a, a 45 or hour-long thing, then that problem could be solved. Like, it's it's an episode that benefits from being longer, and other episodes could benefit from being longer. It's It's like a good case study for this. It just is. I like it. I like the fact that it is like just a longer episode it makes it more fun like i mean i guess also the fact that it kind of just feels like a regular episode hmm could it end here and i would be satisfied maybe it's hard to tell because like again there's nothing like Grand? It just feels like an episode about running a thing. It's just... Hmm. Like I said, it's a double-edged sword. And while I enjoy that double-edged sword, it's... Mm, other edge might be a bit distracting it's i don't know it's hard it's hard so something else uh we're gonna get into lost potential now and maybe i should be warning you about this but i felt like i warned you thoroughly but like when I first introduced it, but there are spoilers about what's not going to happen if you care about spoiling what's not going to happen. So first, something I've been griping on throughout the episode, the fundamental lack of characters. I mentioned Emma not being there and having not being there since season two, as well as Tess would fit in just fine at a conservation festival and like the rest of Josh's band and like there are like other characters that might fit as well and I just feel like if you want to get more consequential with your storylines which I think season three has kind of been doing like maybe you shouldn't abandon characters or make them one-time use and, like, Weber could be there designing, like, a background for, like, the pet band with his webs. Because that would look cool. And honestly fun. Like, it's just... The, the problem also kind of seeps into recurring characters as well. Like, Sue and Jasper don't get as much screen time as Young Me does. And fair enough that, like, Blythe and Young Me are, are closer... But, like, the fact that Sue and Jasper get li little time 
is is kind of bugging me and it wouldn't be as much of a problem if things were still light and fluffy like they were in like season one maybe season two but like the instant Blythe told young me her secret indicated to me that things were growing more serious but like they sometimes are and sometimes aren't and it is odd that, like, the best episode of the show this far is the source of the show's shortcomings in this department and, like, a few other things. And you know what could solve this problem? Longer episodes with more time given to some of these characters. And I'm not saying that, like, the, like initial like the main cast is like bad or can't hold up the show on their own it's just like there are so many things like and i'm not gonna like blame the the writing and directing and like production crew for this show either because there's a lot of things that could have happened that like made this show not be the best version of itself. It, like there are many possible constraints. Like it's still a really good show, and they did the best they could. But like maybe there's a lack of time or uh, interference from Hasbro, or maybe they were trying too hard to imitate MLP, that the potential of the show has burned out before it could be fully realized, or maybe, like, they started production before MLP caught on fire, and they had to, like, maybe switch around some production ideas in order to maybe catch that fire again, but, like, things were going anyway... So it just kind of meshes and not particularly well. It just like the the whole lack of characters, even like recurring characters at times, like like it feels like they they could have done a little more with these characters. It just like, I, I want them to be there. You know, it's... It's this whole thing. And, like... So, another bit of lost potential... Is that... Uh, I was thinking maybe there could be, like, a small scene... Maybe less than a minute where... After the like pets and humans song the soul patches are still playing or at least at some point when pet fest was in full swing kind of late into the episode which i think would be the best point blythe decides to take jasper aside and tell him that she could talk to animals jasper would be shocked but then think that's cool and they would get back to enjoying the fest and like i know what you're thinking this episode isn't very Jasper-centric, so why? But there's no episode, like, from here on that's particularly Jasper-centric. 
like Jasper appears, I think. It has been a while since I've seen season four. But there's no Jasper-centric... There's no better time to do it than this. And, like, I will agree with the caveat that, like, Blythe tells young me first. I will agree with that. But, again, longer episodes with, like, more character development among them. It just... It feels like... There should just have been more time. And I know... I know the whole thing about, like, oh, a kid's attention span is shrinking. But, like... Like, and other logistical problems like that. But, like... Hour-long shows exist. Hour-long kids' shows have the potential to exist. And this is a good, like place to maybe try that out if they weren't like done with it it like the whole thing is just like like I hate being down on like one of my favorite episodes of like the season or even the series but like it I just feel like 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 it's not wait it is a bit wasted but i i feel like they they could have done it better if something wasn't you know restraining them in some way or if there were like more than one restraints but like i don't know it doesn't it doesn't feel like like it doesn't feel like their best wasn't good enough. It feels more like that they couldn't do their best because of something. That's that's kind of how the show feels to me. But overall, good show, great show. I would recommend it to certain people. I don't know if everyone would like it. But if you like colorful kids shows aimed at girls, I think you could do a lot worse than this show. And I'm going to tell you how you can do worse, which is Littlest Pet Shop, A World of Our Own. I tried watching that. I was bored to tears. There's nothing, there's only one thing interesting in it, and it's the thing that they aren't going to tackle because you can't tackle that in a meaningful way. And like, this show feels like, like it does stuff. There's like something here, there's something tangible, there's something, it feels more whereas a world of our own feels like paint by numbers like this feels like artist expression of something even if it was like slightly commissioned in a sense where like you have to include a few things here here and here and then do whatever you want 
and maybe if it was less commissiony or nitpicky on the commissioner's side, it could be very strong. Man, I'm just talking in circles at this point. But uh, I will say this episode is good. That will be my last word on this. So we are ending season three of the Littlest Pet Cast. Be sure to leave your comments and reviews on Shout Engine, on Apple Podcasts, on the Google Play Store, and wherever else our SS feeds go when they feel breathless. And be sure to tune in for season three bonus content heading your way in the near future as I take a slight break between this season and season four, the final season. I shall see you then.